dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. A very important episode we bring to you this week, and I'm very thankful for all of you to find this show. This is the first time you're listening in. Uh, again, we talk all about the business of cannabis uh, from different areas and factors, and we like to try to be very content-heavy. We like to get major takeaways on this program, and most of all, I like to keep this show very objective and apolitical as much as possible. The thing is, I, as a host, I am in favor of seeing this industry grow, and I know there are the underlying factors that are hindrances when it comes to this industry and the issues that come with it. And there are some of those people that we've had on this program that have experienced and have, have, have expressed what has happened to them and their time, but... I digress. Let me tell you what I wanted to go and give you as a first state of note, some, something to preface before we start the program tonight. The American Bar Association states that, quote, a central tenet of the First Amendment commands that the government must remain neutral in the marketplace of ideas. The neutrality pr- principle borrows from a steering maxim often attributed to Voltaire in the Age of Enlightenment. This is a phrase I love to say a lot. I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. That's how I feel about everybody that comes on this show. If we have different opinions, we have a platform as a society to be able to go ahead and debate and discord. That's what we should have. So now let me move on to our guest tonight. From her doctoral thesis, which changed the treatment of HIV AIDS, saving the lives of millions, including basketball great Magic Johnson, to her spectacular discovery of a new family of human retroviruses and her latest research, which points to a new golden age of health. My next guest has always been on the leading edge of science. She's best known for her appearance in a controversial documentary, which was removed from YouTube, called Plandemic ultimately got censored and banned from all of social media over claims made that the Washington Post reported that, quote, the doctors and experts shaping public policy in response to the novel coronavirus pandemic have silenced dissenting voices and misled the public for sinister reasons, end quote. She recently published a new book that she co-authored with Kent Heckenlively that topped the Amazon bestsellers list called Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science. I'm here with the author, Dr. Judy Makovitz. Judy, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's so great to be on Cannabis Radio again. My pleasure. I know this is a, again, I I know that you've been interviewed by many different media platforms out there. I personally am very skeptical and cynical about any establishment, corporate-owned media, and and the intents and really just the agendas they have, the narratives they want to play out. I am, I grew up in journalism 25 years knowing five questions, who, what, when, where, and why. I think that applies the same thing to research. Now, as we record this episode, Dr. Judy, USA Today reports across the United States, governors are rolling out a patchwork of constantly evolving plans to relax social distancing restrictions. At the height of restrictions in late March and early April, more than 310 million Americans were under directives ranging from shelter in place to stay at home. 
U.S. News and World Report writes the virus toll is still expected to be high, with various models projecting hundreds of deaths per day throughout the summer. The Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington, which has been used as a major factor by some of the major scientific minds, speaking to the White House, to the Coronavirus Task Force, for example, estimates that the U.S. will see nearly 170,000 COVID-19 deaths by early October. Now, as of this last week, as I record this show on June 23rd, uh, they say that nearly 114,000 have died, according to a John Hopkins University tracker. So, Dr. Judy, my first question to you is, give me your thoughts on where we are now with the pandemic, the government response, the guidance of the likes of the CDC, the World Health Organization, and other scientific officials when it comes to the reopening of America and, to a larger extent, the world as a whole. Well, first, I'd like to say that, you know, that those numbers are are actually wrong and have been proven wrong. And in fact, um, this uh, coronavirus has, you know, produced um, really very few deaths that that didn't occur in people with comorbidities or other diseases, as we say. Uh, the the death rate is literally 0.04%, which is about half that of a normal flu season from influenza. So presumed deaths are essentially everything um, has been called a death from COVID-19 in 2020. Um, So where we are, we actually, the the data, not models, we don't work with models, we actually work with data. So if you do the antibody testing, who's been exposed, who's made an IgG antibody that says it's a memory response and a past infection or an acute response, the IgM antibody to a current infection, those antibody data support that this coronavirus went through this country um, really last year and that none of the lockdowns were necessary and the measures that have been taken have actually caused, you know, far more harm, death and destruction to our economy, um, to people who are dying of other reasons for not getting proper medical care um, during this. And and this is why we called the movie The Plandemic, because um, Drs. Fauci, the Gates Foundation, they predicted um, that President Trump, that 2017, he would see a a pandemic. And that very same Johns Hopkins University um, held what was called Event 201, where they literally, you know, did a a pre-run, if you will, a preview, a, a mock test of a coronavirus outbreak and the measures and the fear and how the media would control it. So this, the the data is not support the the the, um, the numbers that we're quoting and how many deaths is not at all supported by data, and that's hard data from many sources, um, not only throughout California where I live, um, but worldwide in countries like Sweden um, and North Korea or South Korea where they did not do these kinds of measures and they simply took care of those most vulnerable with existing therapies um, that that were there, existing natural product therapies, including cannabis, including vitamin D, including um, uh, vitamin C, uh, type 1 interference. There are are natural product therapies um, that have been published um, that could have prevented any of the deaths and yet those weren't used. tell you what and that's i'm going to go ahead and detail some of the findings that have been out there that have been constantly contradicted 
and I don't understand where this comes from. I mean, I I, I, I want to say that I, I can understand why this is happening. And I, I because, uh, again, there's a, there is a, a lot of things to be said about people that have power, have influence, have money, and the overlying effects that go with that. But without going any further than that, I feel like trying to gather information, look outside of what has been called by Bill Maher, the panic porn of whatever's being shown on media just to shock, awe, cause fear, cause rage. It takes away from the actual information. The real granular data that is out there is what we're not. It, it, it's so hard to find. And I feel like uh, there's so many inaccuracies. There is so much information as being downplayed and pushed down off of the front page. We're not getting all the information. And as, as a society, we this that and even if there are disputing views we should be able to see all the information in front of us just like a court case all the evidence he's provided full discovery full disclosure now more information about you dr judy you spent 20 years in the national cancer institute this is just to preface the expertise your your real expertise you have which is i'm surprised how the response to the pandemic documentary was how it became so you worked with Dr. Frank Rossetti, one of the founding fathers of human retrovirology. You co-authored more than 40 scientific papers. You co-founded and directed the first Neuroimmune Disease Institute using a systems biology approach in, two, biology approach in 2006. You have no doubt incredible credentials and experience, yet the global bureaucracies, and this is my opinion, of those like the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control, the National Institute of Health, with the help of the corporate media establishment and social media and video platforms in Silicon Valley, choose to discredit and disqualify any claims of free speech and First Amendment rights of debate and discourse. I really believe that, and this is why I don't want to go ahead and point out the, false, the falsities. I'm saying there has to be some because we're not getting the whole story. So take a moment to talk to our listeners, Dr. Judy, about the claims you made in Plandemic and how there are alternative media and citizen journalisms, journalists excuse me, that are starting to find the cracks into the overall handling of this pandemic by the scientific community who have the ear of the government. Uh, correct. The reason why we called it um, Plandemic was because we've experienced this before. You know, when I started working in 1980 at the National Cancer Institute, my first project was to um, to purify a, an immune therapy that was very beneficial for not only cancers, but infectious diseases and cancers associated with infectious disease. And then that's called interferon alpha. It's one of our own biological responses. When I worked with Dr. Rossetti at the Biological Response Modifiers Program, I've worked with um, that with Dr. Rossetti since June 6, 1983. So we celebrated 37 years this year. And what we did there was we confirmed Luc Montagnier's isolation of HIV and its associated association with the disease, you know, called then called GRID, gay-related immune deficiency. So there I lived the very um, the very thing we're seeing now that we were told as a society not to worry about this virus because the only person that gets the disease, the only people that get the disease are gay men, IV drug users, and, and prostitutes, and, and that it's their God's raining down on them for their own sin, for their own bad behavior, for, for whatever it is. And then we had Arthur Ashe and Ryan White who got infected by a contaminated blood supply 
and and that the virus was actually transmitted. And I <laughs> I know it, it's not it's not lost on your audience that no. uh, retroviruses don't know um, what color your skin is, what persuasion right. you are as far as your sexuality. We learned that the viruses weren't transmitted only through sexual contact, that you could actually transmit them through saliva and other things. And this was covered up by by our press because, you know, that was that that was the days of uh, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. So we we had you know, we were blaming the very victims and we, in fact, spread that disease um, to an entire continent by preventing of Africa and killed millions of innocent people um, and told people that, you know, these um, African Bushmen forgot how to cook their meat or they got cut and they transmitted the virus that way or it was the promiscuousness of the French Canadian airline steward um, from which Luke Montagnier yeah. first isolated the virus yeah. and what they did to everybody in the high risk group was said um, go get your hepatitis B vaccine um, and and vaccination in an infected person is intended to upregulate to turn on the immune system and and spread the virus through the victim's body and and through the rest of their close contacts and 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 that's exactly what happened and now the measures we're seeing now are essentially the the same thing we've we've unveiled a, a a virus and and your bad behavior is that you dare go out in the sunshine or you dare eat healthy food um or not wear a mask to immune suppress. By the way, the, the immune suppression from wearing a mask, uh, um, I've never worn one. I isolated um, viruses from these patients, from these sick people, and I never, um, I never once wore a mask because it depletes your CD4 T cells, your memory cells. It de- depletes that very type one interferon that you must have in your nasal passages to kill the virus, to stop its replication right away. So never in, in my entire life, except for during the Thomas fires in Ventura, because I do have a, a lung disease um, from, from birth, did I ever wear a mask because the virus goes right through them. You concentrate all kinds of pathogens and, and the fear and the anger and the anxiety and the immune suppression is really profound, making people sick. Now, one thing I was actually reading a little bit uh, earlier today as I was preparing for the show was the fact that we're seeing now at least 100 different companies that are looking to go ahead and prepare a vaccine in order to counteract what's happening here. And that nine major drug companies right now are in phases right now, either phase one or phase two of clinical trials to get here. So the thing was, you know, it comes down to the fact that, again, it's money and power that determine a lot of things that happen where the real news gets taken away. Uh, from what you've seen right now, what do you see as the outcome of you know, obviously, one of these drug companies is in the race to get this vaccine. Bill Gates was in the race as well until he was denied most recently. My thing is, what's the overall end game here? Who's looking to monetize and really benefit from what has all happened here? Well, the end game here is 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 really to kill the victims. Um, and I mean, it, we did not vaccinate HIV infected people lest we cause AIDS. So the, the very people that have been vaccine injured, the kids with autism, the kids with the retrovirus family we discovered in in, in 
a chronic fatigue syndrome, in autism, in cancers, in breast cancers, prostate cancers, leukemia and lymphoma, that family of virus, um, you, it, it will, you will wake up and suppress your immune system and that will drive your, your own disease. The end game here, in my opinion, is to cover up 30 or 40 years of a plague of corruption with pandemic after pandemic with a dry, you know, we have a God given immune system and, and that in since 1994, we've understood to be regulated, to be controlled. The dimmer switch on that God-given immune system is the endocannabinoid system. And that cannabis alone, and we saw this with, H, with HIV, the men that survived, and this is the topic of the movie, The Dallas Buyers Club. Mm-hmm. So the men that survived the drugs and the toxicity of the drugs um, were, were getting the immune modulators, one we developed called peptide tea with Candace Purd and Dr. Rossetti again and and cannabis because it's the wasting it's it's the fear it's the anxiety it's the immune suppression yeah. we have to keep that flame that cytokine storm from going too high and that's the the job of your endogenous cannabinoid god-given system for regulating all of the processes that are being driven even in this um, pandemic of COVID-19 and yet we're denied to papers have already come out saying that 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 cannabis can be a preventative strategy because of course it keeps that cytokine storm that hyperinflammation from yeah. happening in your body and i have heard uh, a number of uh, and I got, again there are do- i'm going to bring up the point about some of the doctors have been out there i know specifically there was a talk of, of vladimir Selenko, of the doctor from upstate new york talking about the issues of the cytokine, uh, that, that effect you're talking about just exactly. And no, a number of other doctors bringing that same point up. The other thing, too, with the vaccines, again, and this is a fact, there is no vaccine for H1N1. There is no vaccine for SARS, which is the predecessor to SARS-CoV-2, a.k.a. COVID-19. But we have all these vaccines being developed and tested and trialed as we speak right now. It, I don't know what to say about that, but that just, it points out and, and really sticks out in, in some kind of way to me. Now, I wanted to go through, when I was looking through all, obviously it was so easy to go and find information that is disputing everything that's being said here tonight and, and what you've said in the pandemic documentary and other things that have disputed anybody that's been contradictory to coronavirus and what the, what they, what the narrative has been ongoing. So I wanted to take a story that was they, they did a pretty good job of trying to contextualize the, all the different claims from different doctors and for different uh, scientists and other people in the medical space. And but obviously with their own spin of negativity, they obviously had to put their own shots at it. I'm going to try to censor some of that out as I read a passage from the New Republic. They recently published an op-ed that was titled The Coronavirus and the Rights Scientific Counter-Revolution. Now, I don't. Uh, really, again, no political to me. I don't see that. But here's what the, the story talks about. They say, quote, that how a new class of outsider experts is exploiting institutional failures and destabilizing knowledge. I'm going to read this passage to you real quick and get your thoughts, Dr. Judy. Quote, to counter the model that claimed more than two million Americans might die, skeptics advance contrary models claiming tolls vastly lower. And in opposition to prevailing estimates of an infection fatality rate of one to two percent, Stanford epidemiologist Joan Ionitis advanced a series of studies claiming that the real rate might be lower than the roughly 0.1 percent that accompanies a seasonal flu. 
Then there's the French researcher Didier Raoult, who became uh, really popular with uh, trials that he did early on, claiming to offer evidence that hydroxychloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, excuse me, and azithromycin, two widely available drugs, which were used to take care of malaria and lupus, as more as going back 50 years ago, uh, they might be highly effective in treating coronavirus infection, leading to the president of the United States proclaiming the treatment a possible cure. Now, the writer would later write that Ionitis sits at the serious end of a spectrum of hermeneutic suspicion. So take a moment to this response. Obviously, they're calling, it's all the skepticism. I'm putting it into a nutshell. What say you? Yeah, I, I say, you know, Dr. Zelenko was showing that the method of using hydroxychloroquine with zinc and, um, you know, just a huge success rate if you use it at the right time and at the right doses and in the right way. Um, and, and Dr. Anitis was correct in, it, in that he was using data and, and not models. And the data, the antibody responses, again, the testing that they refuse to do, the testing that's being done, the polymerase chain reaction, even the Nobel laureate, Carrie Mullis, who discovered it, the late Carrie Mullis, um, said it's not used diagnostically. So this is the, and it's 80% contaminated false positive rates, the FDA and Centers for Disease Control actually admitted as well. So I say these aren't these aren't any kind of conspiracy theories. We're not working off of models. We're working off of data and fact. I was sitting just, just down at dinner before this conversation mm -hmm. with a young woman who was um, seriously ill and had been legitimately exposed to um, co the coronavirus and had other upper respiratory effect issues and, and other um, physical uh, comorbidities, as we call them. And this and and she had to go through a gamut of things before finally getting um, the hydroxychloroquine zinc. And, and she also got supported after a quick seven days, two weeks she did, um, and a therapeutically she could breathe again she said she said it felt like somebody put eucalyptus there and she could her lungs totally opened up and she could breathe again and then she supported that with it with a high quality cbd because it here you don't even need cannabis you don't need um to to modulate the cb2 receptors which require thc in higher doses so we can do this with hemp products and natural solutions uh, and prevent all of this death and devastation and, and I think the data support it, not just, you know, Dr. Zelenko, um, Dr. Ioannidis, um, Dr. Bhattacharya, also in California, the U USC doctors, um, just doctor, doctors and nurses everywhere when they're allowed to see the science. And in fact, while they've um, supposedly discredited me, discredited me, um, it was really, you know, just character assassination and not one single point of data. I only talk about data and I only I, I, I've invited every single critic to simply, you know, show me the data. This is what I've done for 40 years is support these kinds of discussions with data. I, it's never my opinion and never has been. It's data and that's what we showed in Plandemic. They were facts. And, and in Plandemic, 
part two is coming out later this week where uh, ah. on the Brian Rose London Real Show, Mickey Willis, the producer, will go on and, and discuss Pandemic 2 and then he will make it available to everybody um, free um, and keep it from being taken down. And what he did in Pandemic Part 2 was he went to all of the criticisms that citizens that were made and, and he asked other scientists and doctors, I don't even know who he talked to. To, to say, to debate me. Is she wrong? Is it not? And, and this is what you're saying at the heart of this show um, is we're, we're here. I, I like to use the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, um, you know, great, great minds discuss ideas, mediocre minds discuss events, and, and simple minds discuss people. Um, and and we, we need to go back yeah. to discussing issues. It's it uh, has nothing to do with political. I have forty years of experience with exactly these kinds of diseases, and we and we can look and say, wait a minute, we never wore a mask with HIV. Um, you know, in fact, that's because you don't want to immune suppress, as we were talking about. You don't want to keep somebody off the sunshine or out of the beach or away from vitamin D, vitamin C, natural products, good healing food. Why, why would you do that for something that in fact has been and admitted by Dr. Fauci, this, the WHO, the data worldwide that show it in fact is not even as deadly as a normal influenza season? I mean, thank you for displaying all that. Because again, I I, I want to, I, I, I don't, understand why if from all your experience why all of a sudden you know what you're offering through years of experience of research and your and your credentials they i mean that precedes you all your experience taken you know is taking the question because of this particular pandemic that has been brought on however it came on to us i know that we're still in having the reeling effects right now but i am an optimist i see that you know economically for the cannabis industry in general we're going to see things going we the cannabis industry itself survived very well from this i see everything going forward i see the economy beginning itself back up society will get back to something we'll have we'll have some re reeling effects left over that will always make us remember of this event as they said, some people say that, you know, sometimes what you live in a year is what you see in a decade. And it's really, we're living in the most interesting times. Uh, Dr. Judy, I, we, we are privileged to have you here on Cannabis Radio tonight. And we're going to talk about cannabis coming up after a short break because there's a lot of things you're doing right now in terms of research. And I believe and we're so lucky to have you. So I have a lot of great questions to talk about the areas of cannabis and research. I want to talk about you with you next. Again, my guest is Dr. Judy Mikovits, the author of Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science. And, uh, you know, obviously from the documentary Pandemic. And obviously I want to talk about part two of Pandemic coming up a little bit later on. Everybody stay around for that. Back with more with Dr. Judy after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. 
Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with the bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Judy Mikovits, the author of Plague of Corruption, Restoring the Faith in the Promise of Science. So I want to move along and talk about work that you're doing right now in the cannabis industry. Uh, let's go ahead, let me go ahead and talk about some new current stories that are being talked about when it comes to CBD, cannabinoid use. So the Food and Drug Administration submitted a draft recently, according to Marijuana Report. They submitted a draft titled Cannabis and Cannabis-Derived Compounds, Quality Considerations for Clinical Research to the White House Office of Management and Budget. And I've been talking about this with a number of people within the hemp and cannabis industry for, uh, since I've been on Blunt Business doing this show, we've had a number of researchers that have talked about the grants and talked about the lack of money and, and the, 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 the ability to go ahead and be able to do the proper research and get the product to research with. Now, in a statement, quote from the FDA, As part of our work, the FDA continues to explore potential pathways for various types of CBD products to be lawfully marketed. They go on to write, quote, an important component of this work is obtaining and evaluating information to address outstanding questions related to the safety of CBD products that will inform our consideration of potential regulatory frameworks for CBD while maintaining the FDA's rigorous public health standards, end quote. So from your extensive research background, because that's what you've done for a long time, talk to me about your experience researching cannabis and hemp to our listeners, from the funding to the fact-finding to overcoming and debunking the mainstream media narrative that continues to cripple progress. Correct, yeah. So the FDA with its safety standards, um, maybe they should um, be defunded. I'll use that word. (laughs) Um, uh, Because, in fact, glyphosate is a known cancer-causing agent from Roundup. So our food is highly toxic. And in fact, the only cannabis in my experience in, in that clinic has been allowed in clinical research is cannabis that is produced at the University of Mississippi, according to the government regulations, and it's dried with Roundup. 
So it's loaded with glyphosate. So we're going to have the same toxicities and cancer causing, and it's going to negate any positive effect in any trial and any clinical research that is done. Instead of allowing growers and manufacturers and scientists like me to source the material for a clinical trial, to extract the material, to show the bioavailability, to deliver the material, whether it be through a, a spray, a capsule, a bomb, and do an appropriate clinical trial the way I would formulate any of the natural product drugs that I formulated in my um, 40 year career and the FDA and the government in, in those products as well. It's not just cannabis. It's if I'm using a reishi mushroom and I'm combining various things, even though the 2004 botanical drug guidance act says that you can produce these drugs as long as you know, as, as medical therapeutic drugs, as long as you know, the biological activity supported by the chemical footprint. And yet we've done that with products, including cannabis products for 15 years, and the FDA refuses to approve those, yet they approve the synthetics that we know like Marinol and some of the others that have actually killed people because we know you can't use isolates in single compounds and modulate all the receptors back to a normal homeostasis. So the very model that they are protecting of single drugs, single targets has failed for my uh, almost all of my entire 40 year career um and 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 it's been stonewalled by the government and and the legal framework um this is a natural product and again you have to start thinking about um the the uh patentability of a plant and since we can't patent it and make it a drug we're not allowed to use this as food i i work with a, a company here in california that makes a fabulous juice a frozen juice mm -hmm. that that's absolutely wonderful healing it's just like wheatgrass juice and it has no psychoactive activity it has no uh, thc it is thca um and cbda and cb just just as the natural leaves would produce. And, and, and we can't sell that or ship that because it's called uh, THC um, and, it's, and it's a simple food. So there's so much <clears throat> wrong yeah. with the FDA and drug development that this is another situation where you hit the reset button and say their job is safety. And they're not, they're not providing safety for our food supply, for our medicine. It's clear how toxic the drugs we're using are, are and, and clear how safe appropriate development and use of products from cannabis can and are being shown to be. Let me continue with a story from Marijuana Monument. Uh, in addition, quote, to sending the guidance to the White House for review, the FDA is also soliciting public input about the safety and efficacy of CBD in the comment period. It's been taking a long time for that. I just want to make that point. Now, they decided to keep it open indefinitely. The agency said in an update to Congress in March that it has specific, several specific questions that it wants answered before deciding whether the cannabidiol can be lawfully marketed. That includes questions about the impact of different methods of consumption and drug interactions. In the meantime, the FDA is maintaining enforcement discretion when it comes to action against companies that sell CBD products regardless of the lack of regulations and has said it is currently targeting sellers that make especially outlandish or unsanctioned claims about the therapeutic value of their products. So, again, the way the FDA has handled the hemp bill since 2018 it was implemented, and the, and the constant, regardless of who's been 
in, in charge at the top. The amount of public discussion, the amount of, uh, of lack of plan or lack of uh, regulation or, or enforcement of what they're trying to do here is, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how wide ranging, there's just no direction at all. So this points out to me, to, uh, this makes me ask, want to ask you, Dr. Judy, about the maze of research and development you've had to navigate throughout while abiding by this hemp bill of 2018 that has yet to still be fully implemented. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and we've worked with um, any number of um, fabulous um, scientists and companies that have, um, you know, complete from seed to end product certificate of analyses, the top level of safety of analysis that you can get for the development of their of their um, supplement. Um, they were not making medical claims. We're simply, um, you know, enhancing sleep, enhancing mood calming anxiety, which is critical in, in these days, uh, especially with COVID-19 and, and the ways that these are done. So the formulations, we have blood levels, blood tests to show complete absorbability um, of, of products. And, and these are products that I've been we, working with recently, uh, making those available to people. Um, and, and we've been working with these companies for five years because we know the, the great formulators and, and now trying to make it available to the public without making any kind of medical label claim. Of course, they're medically hugely beneficial and we know they're actually curative if made into medicine. But all we're really talking right now is nutritional support, nutritional support in an age where we need nutritional support more than ever and 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 then making those products available to people um, you know, either free or at the lowest cost available because my my passion and it, and it has been ever since I, um, you know, spent the time in the 80s with those victims of, of HIV AIDS yep. is to really end suffering and not make the victims of these plagues of corruption um, pay any any further so um, that that we talk on this show and at you can you can go to a website called lookingforcbd.com and you can find opportunities for getting some of these products and trying those them for free and 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 using them within your family so that that we can provide you um, you know a safe um, and knowing the chemistry is behind it this is our passion now is to move forward and 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 find a way to um, to encourage people and, and continue to speak this this truth about this marvelous medical healing and and just the nutritional benefit um, of of the cannabis plant, the sacred plant from from our friends um, Ty and Shirley Bollinger and others who have used this successfully in meetings with the truth about cancer. Lots and lots of opportunities here if we all just continue to you know, trust each other and, and take the best that we know from science and bring it down to every individual in society. And I appreciate the effort you're putting through all. And honestly, enough, I, I can't even fathom how much I can, how much respect to give to you because of what you did for HIV research and all the research you've done in 40 years, important yeoman's work that we absolutely have to have. And, um, you know, I'm really just to know that you're now part of this industry or that you've been here in this industry. And you've been helping out and working the good fight with alongside others that are trying to do that same thing to, you know, show the promise and show the real benefits that we have with cannabis and hemp in general and just seeing what we have available. 
with, uh, while having to deal with bureaucracy, dealing with red tape, dealing with so many different factors that are just coming into play that are constant, you know, they're almost like landmines that we have to avoid from stepping on for fear of, you know, taking any kind of a step backwards in this industry, which, I mean, it, for this industry to overcome as much as it has is amazing. Now, you were, you were interviewed by Dr. Michael Carfelt for a podcast uh, recently, and you were asked about what you see for the future of cannabis. And I'm going to be paraphrasing what you told him, uh, but here's what I got from this. Quote, cannabis should be decriminalized. Uh, I mean, taking THC or CBD and applying the same rules we use in natural product chemistry for cancer and not what the big pharmaceutical companies did that didn't work. I prefer it be regulated at the level of mineral mineral supplement industry that you make sure it's free from toxins and heavy metals that are independently tested by the scientists, the chemists, and many doctors like myself. Now, interesting you would say that, but talk to me why you would like to see deregulation and decriminalization as opposed to the thought of legalization on a federal or state level. Um, yeah, I, I think the problem is, is because legalization on a federal or state level, uh, you know, simply hasn't worked. It's not helping the various people, as I mentioned, you know, it's not getting down to um it's not getting down to the individual because everybody says, well, no, I don't do drugs. I don't do illegal, illegal things. You know, I, and, and so we can't get through that cultural um, stronghold, that anti, you know, this is weed. This is, this is marijuana. This is get you stone. No, this is not what this is. And we as natural product chemists know how to remove all of the THC. This is a broad spectrum hemp. You remove all of the THC. So there's no THC and you replace it with another natural product. And this is what I showed to Dr. Caulfield in that show, like beta carophyllin from Chinese herbs. And when we mix those in and we tweak the receptors and we modulate using crosstalk, taking our knowledge of how other plants and other things can synergize with this natural product to reduce the toxicity and make it safe if, if applied and formulated and used properly. So the problem with decriminalization um, is there's always that stigma that this is somehow some kind of you know, toxic drug, you're, you're a druggie, you're, you're not an upstanding citizen. This, this should have never been a scheduled one drug and it was for political reasons and, and nothing else. And our, and our U S government had has held the patent since 2004 for cannabis in pain, for cannabis in anxiety, for cannabis as a, as a therapeutic, an adjuvant to chemotherapy that's, that's can be hugely healing. So uh, a chemotherapy protocol like we use with cancer patients and AIDS patients would have an 8%, 10% survival rate. Um, but if you use cannabis in combination with other natural herbs, um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, some of the medicinal mushrooms that we formulated with cannabis or beta carophyllin um, or other things, um, other kinds of terpenes, and this is the class of compound to take advantage of crosstalk, then instead of 8%, 10 year survival with a very aggressive cancer and a chemotherapy, you get 82%. So you have 82% just by using this plant and other plants and the knowledge that we've had for, you know, far more than my 40 year career for, for thousands of years of safe use of this plant as a food and a medicine. Now I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. 
because of the fact that I agree with you if in the in the argument of decriminalization because if it was left to testing by scientists, chemists, and medical and really scientific professionals, people that understand the 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 what cannabis can be used for and the real components inside the endocannabinoid system, my question is about those that are getting their hands on the product that might taint it or they might market it in an illicit market. What do you say to those people that would look to try to have a regulation of some type in order for it to be taken off of uh, any kind of an illicit marketing or black market? Yeah. Yeah. Regulations are, are great. And that's where you want to ensure certificate of analyses and things like that okay. and, and, and how the plant is grown from seed all the way to, to the product that is given to the person when those are required, when those are regulated in that way. And that would be the job of the Food and Drug Administration. Their job was safety, not necessarily efficacy or use, but they were, they were to guarantee that the plant products, that the, everything we made were safe. And if they're safe and they do no harm, which is the first thing a medical professional, particularly doctors are doing, do no harm, use them properly, use them under the care of someone like Dr. Carl Feld, a medical professional, and, and, and simply go to the best quality. Those regulations are extremely valuable, but that's not what's happening. What's happening is um, that in order to get licensures, um, independent testing, the, the, the small um, growers and manufacturers are being um, regulated to the point where the cost of the federal government, it makes the cost cost of the product such that nobody can afford it and it's running um, good people out of business um, uh, you know if you will overprotected so if 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 the if the certificates of analysis and the manufacture process and protocols are carried out and the and the FDA rules the product safe um, it should be able to be used by medical professionals and 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 non-medical professionals just people to buy it that's their job Fantastic. I appreciate you putting that point across because, you know, I would love to, I wanted to make sure I had that opportunity to get that question in because of the fact of when we've talked, I mean, honestly, I've, I've talked about the whole idea of where if this became not so much a federal regulation, that it would be federal would give guidance to the states in order to make their own determination. But I love the way you put this out there. And I've, I've listened a lot to people who are very, uh, I guess you could say libertarian values that would rather be able to decriminalize every drug and make it in the same kind of vein. I do appreciate where you're coming from here because I think that would be the ultimately a great way to go. But I'm always afraid when I hear politicians that will say, well, let's just decriminalize it. But you know, then um, that you're just talking about just the offenses and what can be what people can be charged for it, but they're not going to the extent of what you're talking about here. And that's where I I like exactly how you put this across. And I like the, if ultimately if we could have that, I think that would be a great thing to have as an industry. I really do think that. But it's a matter of how many who's going to allow that. Who will allow ultimately the perfect storm that this can actually be put together and we can have a real decriminalization. I mean, you know, I hear right. I can think of Tommy Chong saying that on the top of my head. I could hear him saying the same thing and probably echoing this kind of sentiments. Not speaking for him, I could just imagine them. I'm here. I'm here with Dr. Judy Mikovits again, author of *Plague of Corruption: Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science*. You can find the book as a bestseller 
on on, uh, on Amazon right now. It's at Barnes and Noble. Anywhere you can find books, it's through Skyhorse Publishing. Um, you can find it on hardcover, Kindle. It's an audio book through Audible. Go ahead and take a look for that. And obviously, take a look at the new website, lookingforcbd.com, which is obviously some great information. We're going to ask you uh, about lookingforcbd.com, ask you about part two of pandemic and the new book, Plague of Corruption. We're going to ask about all the things that you're working on here again with Dr. Jenny Mikevitz on Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots and close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions with a really thought-provoking interview with Dr. Jenny Mikevitz, author of Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science. Again, find the book through Amazon, Barnes and Normal, wherever you find books. And as for the book, let's talk about that. Again, published by Skyhorse Publishing. It's an Amazon bestseller. And it's said to be, quote, a behind-the-scenes look at the issues and egos which will determine the future health of humanity. So give us a long and short of the book and really the idea of the plague of corruption that you speak of. Well, the plague of corruption, um, it, it, and the reason why we titled it um, "Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science," is because in this in this age in 2020, we're we're we we're told by our government officials that our faith is 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 in science, 
No, our faith is in the promise of science, that honest, that honest scientists and honest doctors believe that there's an order to the world. We're actually the most spiritual of people because we believe there's an order to the world. And if we use the scientific method and the appropriate controls, we can discover things to help people and know how to use um, things safely. And, and this is why we titled the book that way. We started it in 2014 after our first book, plague was in press and and this was the plague of chronic disease this was the plague of infectious disease autoimmune disease that we found associated with um really um mouse viruses monkey viruses cow viruses you know all of these viruses by that we've done for now 30 years by mixing animal and human tissues we put fetal tissues and we grow viral antigens and vaccines in these tissues and we don't clean them up because they're liability free since 1986 so so the plague of corruption is really that the plague of disease is caused by really criminal activity by these the federal health agencies, what we've been talking about today, the FDA, who's supposed to, their job is to make sure our food and drugs are safe, not to keep safe drugs from people because there's no patent from uh, a pharmaceutical company, not to not do proper safety testing, um, not to have, do to mandate drugs on people without informed consent that these animal tissues and, and environmental toxins like mercury, aluminum, formaldehyde, polysorbate, adia, detergent, these, these are heavily contaminated, dangerous drugs, and yet they're forced on us uh, as, as if they're magic Pez dispensers of immunity. So the book is really walking through what I didn't appreciate when I lost my ability to work, when I was jailed without any kind of uh, charge, and this was discussed in pandemic, when my grants, when my my entire career, all of my research was stolen from me, and 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 other people are being funded because they are, are too too. Um, misrepresent to interpret the data in a different way and when you do that you you see the corruption at every level of the media and that's the most the most difficult thing to realize that's our scientific media that we depend on our journals and the scientific process and an unbiased process as uh, of of determining what research gets funded and what's able to do and, and we found anything but we found a plague of corruption and and really real the corruption um, all the way back to HIV AIDS, which, um, you know, really astounded me the depth and the breadth of it today. So, but we want to restore the faith. Our next book is going to be called Ending Plague, A Scholar's Obligation in the Age of Corruption. So now that the books have had such tremendous success mm -hmm. and the movie um, now New York Times bestseller number two, um, Amazon bestseller. Now they can't be kept from the people, even though no. they censor, censor, censor and pull them down. Now the people have had time to read. It's a short book. And the last chapters of the book talk about, um, you know, restoring faith. Look what we can do with cannabis. Look what we can do with other natural products, with with HBOT, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, with non-invasive energy therapies to zap viruses like royal rife and other things with with um you know 
deuterium depleted water, simply get back to natural water, which is not heavy water, how we can restore our immune systems, restore the balance that between our endocannabinoid system and the most time anybody really ever sees our endogenous cannabinoids because we're so stressed is, is breastfeeding. So since the plants and the products have been taken out of our life, um, yeah. we haven't been able to use the medicines that, you know, our grandparents used. We, we've never seen such anxieties, pain syndromes, cancers, things that never developed in, in my grandparents and people born before this was outlawed in 1937. So with that said, I want to go ahead and we're almost out of time. I want to ask you a little bit more. It's amazing the 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 attempts of censorship the attempts of just of a castigation i feel like and again i i am such a proponent first amendment freedom of speech freedom of expression freedom of thought and the fact that people would go ahead and try to silence whatever you might be saying and try to get your book taken away take the opportunity to put out a documentary that is of information that you put out there you know with really good intent i would have to say and to see all that's gone through and for what you've gone through, you'll be able to make it on the other side. Again, you're getting some victories out of this, and I'm really glad to see that's happening for you because no one should have to go through. I mean, there are just the level of, of vitriol and the, the level of, you know, control, power and control and corruption. I mean, power doth corrupt. And it's really you're seeing that and just for some people that are trying to do the right thing. And it's just. Uh, regardless of what people might think of this program tonight, I still have to believe that people have to be opportunity to be heard. It has to happen like that. I mean, for, for look, before this all came and came to be, Dr. Judy, you were a, you are still known as a world-renowned immunolo immunologist, biochemist, molecular biologist. I mean, you have all the accolades, all of the prestige and the expertise that you've had of 40 years of research. Now we get the pleasure of having you in this industry helping people like you and me out with lookingforcbd.com. So talk to us about what the plan is for Looking for CBD. It's a relatively new website. There's a contact form for those that want to go and get more information. Take uh, listeners through what we can look forward to in lookingforcbd.com. Well, the great news about the last few years is is good people have come to me in our books in the public and they and they say, you know, we want to learn more. We we see your honesty. We we know that they're a great product. So we we identified the pro some of the products from Chris Shade at Quicksilver Scientific and 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 my friends Dr. Lori and and the the site at uh, lookingforcbd.com with Benoit and others. We put together a company that enables us to get those. Yeah, those he that healing hemp preparations along with some other healing um, natural product preparations like uh, keto on demand which is a quercetin product a liver cleanse a healer that works in in concert um, with the, um, the the hemp um, full spectrum and broad spectrum hemp mm -hmm. so what the opportunity is the the company is called Zanesta with an X and and Zanesta.com is the company and um, again we've been working on it or 
um, have to to get these. The passion is to not have the victims of the plague of corruption suffer any longer so that they can get a product at the lowest price possible um, and, and they can even get it free. So the opportunities to learn from us, we'll talk to you, we'll, we'll look and see which is the best product for you and how to make things available. And we've got medical professionals and, and just people um, standing by to, you know, to help um, lead people through the maze and make sure they get um, what they need and make sure it's, you know, the, the best thing for them at the best price. Excellent. Again, looking for CBD.com. Uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits uh, will be there to offer consultation, offer the information that you need on finding the right uh, therapeutics or the right things that you need for yourself in terms of CBD, hemp on demand, plus a free CBD referral opportunity. Now, before I'm going to let you go, uh, we did mention Plandemic Part 2. For those they might be listening to this program and might actually be able to go and catch Part 2 available, uh, first of all, where can they find it? And also, is there anything you could tell us uh, that when people get a chance to watch this part two, what to expect and what they should be uh, saying what is the reason for part two and the bridge that brings us from pandemic to pandemic part two? Well, the reason for part two was essentially just to give everyone that was criticizing me the opportunity to say where something was wrong in the movie and what was the correct um, what what is a correct thing from their opinion supported by data and and let's talk about the issues again let's not just say uh she's crazy or she's um discredited let's really talk about the issues um and down to the level and so mickey willis um invited um investigator scientists mds attorneys um from around the world who who have great knowledge in the entire arena and they don't necessarily agree with me. I, I didn't get the opportunity to uh, no. see uh, what, and so, so with it, it's the opportunity to see the response from the rest of the world. And let's see if we can have a discussion. So Mickey is going to be on London reel with Kevin Rose um, this Thursday, the 26th, I believe is Thursday. Um, and, um, and he's going to talk about the movie in great depth. That's London Real TV. I believe it's .com. So, and then the, the movie itself will be available. You can sign up. We'll, we'll make a link available to you so that you can sign up with your email and you will be sent the movie to download to your own computer, to share, to take your time so it cannot be censored. Um, and of course, we'll have it up at brighton.com and other places. Um, so we've gone, you know, Mickey's gone out of his way to, to try and make it available to everyone so everyone can decide for themselves and see a, a, a debate, um, people speaking without hate, without anger, without censorship. And let's just go on with the discussion for medical freedom. So I want to take one quote from Noah Chomsky, which I, I read quite a bit of when it comes to uh, just in, in terms of philosophy. I want to close out the show with this. There is still much debate about whether torture has been effective in eliciting information. The assumption being apparently that if it is effective, then it may be justified. The point is we're, we're, there is too much trying to put people in a spot and not and just silence voices. Where we can have, there has to be a voice for the voices, and there has to be opportunities for debate and discourse. And I'm glad we had that opportunity tonight here 
uh, with Dr. Judy Mikevitz. Dr. Judy, I'm so thankful for having you on tonight on the program and really giving us so so much great information. It's very important that uh, people get the word about this and they look at and they take a grain of salt to what you're offering to our listeners. Again, pandemic, plague of corruption, the new book, and pandemic part two, and looking for CBD.com. Point is. Don't just, you know, take everything as a chance. Just go ahead and find out for yourself. Learn for yourself, find out for yourself, think for yourself. I hope more people will think about that. So, Dr. Judy, if there's anything else you want to, any closing thoughts, please go ahead and give them real quick before we run out of time. It's just a pleasure to be on CBD Radio with you again and have this wonderful open discussion. This is what we need to heal this country for everybody to feel a part and participation in their health. Absolutely. So again, Dr. Judy Markovitz, Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science, published by Skyhorse Publishing. It's an Amazon bestseller. Go look for it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you find your books. And again, looking for CBD.com if you want to also get in touch and learn more about what Dr. Judy is doing in the CBD space. We're going to leave that there for everyone here on Blunt Business. Thank you, listeners, for listening to the show. Thanks for staying with us the whole hour. You can find past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com, which hosts the show every week. And, of course, the show is available through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and others. And Spotify. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.